This is Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. I'm Jane. And I'm Shannon. Tonight we're going to say, why church? Why church? Why church? Why is it important that a Christian attend church? Yeah, what what would you say to that? Well, statistically right now they said that, uh, they're saying that statistically less than 50% of Americans identify as church members. Um, we've dropped from 75% identifying as Christian to below 60% now, but only less than 50% attend a church. And I know in our town, uh, and in most towns, big and small, you can drive around and see the empty churches that are closed. Mm-hmm. Churches closed. Um, and new churches are planted. So Mm -hmm. I I don't think we're at any kind of critical point or anything like that. I do think we're probably losing more churches than we should, but I, and people are walking away from it. But on the other hand, I have hope that that might change. Well, God's not done with this church. No. And I think we, I think, I think we're due. I think we're due for revival in this country. I hope so. I, I, there's an, a man named Carrie Newoff. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. It's N-I-E-U-W-H-O-F. Newhoff, yeah. Okay, he says, um, great article about church. Uh, He said, it's trendy right now to say you're done with church. But he says a couple things, a couple quotes from that article. If you're a Christian, church is not something you go to, it's something you are. And then church is God's idea. If you want to, and this is a good quote, if you want to get rid of the church, you also need to get rid of Jesus. Hmm. Because church was God's idea. It's not, it was not a human, right. human thing. So if it's God's idea, it must be a good thing. Yeah. And, and if we look at, if we just go biblically, um, it's interesting to me that one of the first things we see Jesus doing is going to church. Hmm. Um, even well, temple, right? Yeah, going to the synagogue, mm-hmm. but going to a group of believers every every week. He did that. Yeah, and even when he was young, and you know, the, one of the first things we see him beyond being a baby, the first time we see Jesus speaking, he gets lost from his parents. Remember? Yeah, because he's at the temple. And he said, "I was in my father's house. Where yeah. else would I be? It was time for church. Where would I be but in church?" And he was teaching as a young man, a young child. He was teaching. Uh, not just attending, but he was also teaching. So I have, so the other day we were going to do this podcast and we got busy. So now Mm -hmm. we're doing it, but an ABC news article. So ABC news is not conservative. Mm -hmm. It was written a year ago, February 26, 2022. Okay. So it said, uh, since the beginning of COVID in-person church attendance dropped 45%. And here is a direct quote from that article. The morale of the community is negatively impacted without the human interaction that comes with physically attending church. That is very, very true. I think there are a lot of people in this day and age. It used to be different. Yeah. It used to be people were involved in lodges and clubs and all this kind of stuff. Um, We don't anymore. Right, church is about we it. just get on social media. We get on our computers, get on the phone, you do something like that. That is not contact with other humans. 
But the one thing that was always constant was at least once a week, you know, we live in an area that is full of ranchers and farmers. And I, I love hearing the stories from our octogenarians, our older folks that tell us stories when they were a kid. I was, uh, a lady last week was talking about how when she was growing up, she's in her 80s, the small farming town she lived in, all the stores closed from noon, mm-hmm. uh, at noon on Friday, on Good Friday. Oh, yeah. For so that every, everybody went to church and all the stores closed because mm-hmm. everybody was just going to be in church. The entire community went. And the ranchers and the farmers who were always busy would find the time once a week mm-hmm. to come to church. I will say, I remember as a child... And I will be 55 this year, so it wasn't that long ago that everything was closed on Sundays. And mm-hmm. we're just talking about regular Sundays, mm-hmm. not Easter Sunday. But everything was closed. And I remember, and I don't know what it was, but when things started opening up on Sundays, it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Because Especially everyone, Sunday mornings. Yeah, everyone was used to. All businesses were closed on Sundays. Right. Um, and, and that was a day that was reserved for that purpose. Um, and we have moved away from that and obviously our country has moved away from that too, but there are so many benefits of church attendance Mm. that goes beyond, you know, some, what most people would think. And I think we need to look at benefits, both from a biblical standpoint Mm -hmm. and the command that we are given, but in addition, the benefits that comes from being in church. Yeah. And you know, at our age, you know, I'm a year older than you are. At our age, um, we still remember the majority of people we ever knew went to school with in elementary school. Mm-hmm. Most people were going to church. Mm-hmm. Kids went to Sunday school. Mm-hmm. Uh, VBS in the summertime has become even more popular now. I don't remember VBS as a kid. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I also know that we both have people, members of our family, where our siblings, our mm-hmm. age, their children have never been to church. Right. Or they're and never been to VBS, mm-hmm. never had any exposure to it at all. And we can't, uh, people talk about the, the fading Christianity. Mm-hmm. I think a big part of that fading Christianity is the fact that we're not, um, meeting together mm-hmm. and we're not taking those kids to church early. And I think also uh, it's so easy for people just to put anything in front of church. Like it's not now it's kind of like you go when you can, mm-hmm. where it used to be, you don't miss unless like maybe you're in the emergency room, mm-hmm. you know, but I want to well, read. Yeah. Something. And I think that's, that's something that, you know, I just have to openly admit right off the bat here. I can give you a thousand reasons not to go to church. Mm-hmm. But none of those hold up when you when you consider what the outcome of not going to church is. Yes. Yes. There's that that's where that's where the rubber meets the road. Um, if you give up on something beneficial. Now, that being said, I know COVID knocked the church backwards. Yeah. Oh, here. Lifeway Research Executive Director Scott McConnell, he says, in the last three years, all signs are pointing to a continued pace of closures, probably similar to 2019 or possibly higher, 
as there's been a really rapid rise in American individuals who say they aren't religious. So that really wasn't about COVID. Right. But it just got higher in COVID. But we know um, during the during during the pandemic, mm-hmm. a lot of churches shut down. Yeah. Ours did not shut down except when I was not there. Yeah. When I was in the hospital. Oh, we still had church. But we had, for a while, we had I online. preached. Ha! Just kidding. We Our had some denomination online, doesn't We had some online should. things. And yeah. because we had some people that were, weren't able to attend, we started broadcasting everything on Facebook. And we've kept that up because we have, we average over 100 mm-hmm. people that... Um, watching, watch, yeah, watching on Facebook, which is more than we've ever had in our church. Mm-hmm. Um, and they watch from all over the place. It's it's a great thing that we have that technology to do so. But a lot of people quit going to church because they got comfortable, yeah, not getting up and getting dressed pajamas and going to school. Church. And you know, you come to my church in pajamas, I wouldn't care. Yeah, we don't just care. come. But when when that happened whether it's because the church is shut down or because people didn't want to go out in public or whatever, the isolation, people got comfortable in that. And I will say that is completely the devil's idea. Oh, isolation. Sure. He sure. wants to isolate us. And, and I think um, going back to this article by this mm. man named Carrie, uh, another thing he says, and we all know this community is messy. So I think sometimes when people quit come to church, it's, very likely due to other people because that's what church is a bunch of people but we people are so imperfect and that's what jesus made his church of all of us faulty people Mm -hmm. imperfect people and there is a lot of mess when you're dealing with people i mean that's i have a friend who said uh she knew she has seen, she has been, she and her husband have been in this one church for decades. And she said that people will just leave. Usually they're mad at somebody or whatever. And then they just disappear mm-hmm. never to be seen again because, and I think that's what happens. People. Well, I think we have to remember get mad, I guess the church is, I think we should consider our church as a family. Yes. I think the way that's the way we should consider it, whether we do or not. We should consider it. The body of believers are brothers and sisters. Oh, and that's what God calls us, right. Jesus says. Yeah. So as brothers and sisters, you don't write off a family member because you have a disagreement. You disagree, but you love them anyway. Yeah. And the you work it out. The problem is yeah. if people are not committed to the church. When I say the church, I'm not talking about a building. I'm not talking about a denomination. I'm talking about a body of believers. The church are the people. Mm-hmm. When they are not committed to the church, that slight, that uncomfortable situation, something like that, it's easy to give up on it because yeah. you weren't committed. Mm-hmm. You were just, you know, window shopping or, or just, you know, mm-hmm. um, it was, it was not important enough for you to commit to it. That's the great thing about being committed to one certain body of Christ, you know, as a, a church family. I mean, we're all one body of Christ. But if you completely commit, if you say, yes, this church, uh, this group of believers is my church family where I believe I can grow. And, and when you do commit, you will put in that extra 
when it's uncomfortable or when you get mad, because those things are going to happen. They're going to happen because well, we're are messy. Well, yeah, and we're human. And but if you're committed, then you will work through that stuff, and you'll realize it's more important to work through it than. And it's more important to just let this stuff go because we are connected, and we are. And I think now, I mean, there's so many changes in the world and in our country that the church is going to become more and more and more important because we're going to need each other with these weird things that are happening. And I, one thing I thought of, you know, that song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that's really important for us to remember that maybe the church will continue to, to dwindle, but that means the ones of us that stay that are really committed need to shine even brighter. We can't let our light die. And I even think if, if that, that one quote you had that somebody thought that if the church only has eight members, then you close the doors. But I think every time a church closes, it's another, it's a detriment to that, that the community. We see that in rural communities in general. Um, the town where our church in church is in right now uh, has a gas station and a grocery store and a mechanic shop bank a bank an insurance uh, sales place and uh, a t-shirt slash coffee type thing and that's it school and a bar and school and a bar so but at one time it had a lot of different businesses and a lot of different things. And if you look at rural America as businesses and things like that die out, the town dies. Yeah. And some of it is generational. Mm-hmm. People aren't having 12 kids. Right. You know, some of those things are shrinking because of that. But losing the churches kills a, kills a, a community. Yeah. When the churches are gone, the community is gone. Because churches... Churches provide something that no one else does. And they provide things in ways that no one else does. If there is a tragedy or a natural disaster or um, some horrific thing that happens, the first people that show up are the churches because they're local, they know who people are, and Mm -hmm. they give and they help and they put their hands on. Um, Obviously, they're praying for people, but they're also participating in the community. And churches are known for that. People will come to the church looking for help. Mm-hmm. Churches are known for that. If the church is gone, who's doing that? Right. Who's caring anymore? And I want to share a couple of scripture. Okay. Again, God calls us to be part of a church body. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if God wants us to do it, we should be doing it. First uh, Timothy 4.13 says, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to teaching, or to preaching and to teaching. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And also, you know, if you meet weekly, uh, prayer is so important, but if you if you get to see each other weekly, you can see, like I know one person in our church I saw on Sunday, this person was visibly upset. I heard a little bit about this person's story. And then you and I know to pray for that person all week Mm -hmm. because we know we don't need to know all the details. We don't need to know all the details, but we knew something was going on. And so now we've been praying for that one person 
the, the person's family, just that whole situation. And uh, plus, gosh, we sing together at church. Where else do you sing together? Mm. But I have a I, list of 10 things. I just want to go back. Just to, in, Let's go back in history a little bit. Oh, yeah, go for it. Biblically, um, yeah, Jesus was in the synagogue. And if you look in Acts, most of the disciples after the resurrection of Christ, when they went to places, they went to the synagogues. Right. They continued to go to the synagogue. That's what they were. That that was a place of worship that they were mm-hmm. all familiar with. So, when Paul traveled, he went to the synagogues. When Peter traveled, he went to the synagogues. That was that community-based worship center. That's where they went. But it also was the start of the Christian church. Mm-hmm. And the Christian church in Acts, uh, Acts two forty-two, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. Um, 246, day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with gladness and gener- with glad and generous hearts. The early church started out, yes, in the synagogues to some extent, but also home churches, whatever they could do to meet together. But they continually, it was important, it was a vital part of their life mm-hmm. to be involved in a community of believers, learning together, sharing together eating together, all of those things. From a very early on, that's what the what the original church was. And unfortunately, um, some churches have gone away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, some churches have gone away from the, um, the intimacy of that, which I think is very important. Mm-hmm. I love our church. I would not want to have 10,000 people in our church. No. I would rather have... Instead of growing a huge church like that, I would rather have a dozen churches. Yeah. I'd rather plant a new church if, we, if you got that big and start spreading them out a little bit because you start disassociating. You don't recognize everybody. You don't know yeah. everybody. You don't talk well, to everyone. it's easy to be anonymous going in and out. Right. And, and unfortunately, it... that dismisses some of the major benefits. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Then it's almost like entertainment. Um, I want to read these 10 little things I got on the website, living well, spending less, a Ruth, suck up, sock up, soak up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. S O U K U P. She gives us 10 reasons why we should attend church. And this is just her mm-hmm. thing. They're, they're all good. And I'm sure there's a whole bunch more, but I'll give you her 10. Okay. One church connects us with God. Obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, we can connect with God anywhere, and we should anywhere, but church is a, is a you go directly to hear from God. Um, he will speak to you through the preaching, through the songs, through other people. Through Sunday school. Through Sunday school. Uh, through discussions, Bible studies, youth groups. There are so many ways that that God comes into the situation. Mm-hmm. It's all God-centered, so, yeah. or it should be. Two... Church gives us a chance to reflect on gratitude. Mm-hmm. Three, church connects us socially, which is really important. We yeah, need like each we other. Saying, yeah, it's especially in the world today, we're getting less and less face-to-face eye time. Mm-hmm. And that is so detrimental to the human spirit. Yeah, and to the brain. The isolation. Yeah. yeah just for your mental health. Church is beneficial to your mental health yeah. because you're getting up, you're getting dressed. You get you're to talk going to, to people. sit and talk with other people. Yeah. And you're going to listen to other people. And, and it's just 
being in a community like that is so vitally important to to your own mental health. Well, and I think even if you just go, if you're cynical, whatever, how whatever attitude you go with, you're going to get past your own brain mm-hmm. sitting there because you're going to hear another uh, viewpoint because mm-hmm. the preacher is going to speak about something that's not your viewpoint because it's his, you know. So, right. I mean, it just gets you thinking. Okay. You'll have less anxiety worry, fear, anything like that, if you can come to a corporate group and share. Yeah. Yes. Four, church helps us better connect with our spouse. Mm-hmm. And I want to... Which is one of the things that I think has been hitting Christianity for years and years and years, and it's something that's always bothered me. What's that? Somewhere along the line, and this might be another podcast, somewhere along, along the line, the American church became feminine. Yes. Mothers took their children and fathers stayed home mm-hmm. until the boys got old enough to say that's a girl thing mm-hmm. because just mom's going, not mm-hmm. dad. So dad, then, the, then the son stays home. And that has happened in the American church. And that is a that is the direct fault of the males in this society. Um, and it, it has bothered me for years. And it continues to bother people. me. Mm-hmm. But I love seeing whole complete nuclear families together Mm -hmm. sharing in that experience sharing in the knowledge um we we did something by request from one of our one of our members um a few it's probably been almost a month or two now yeah uh she asked that at the end of every sermon if i would just ask people if they would come up and give their testimony Mm-hmm. And we shut off the the Facebook feed and all that kind of stuff, and they just come up and share. And it has been so amazingly powerful mm-hmm. to have families come up, uh, generations of the same family come up, and speak to what God means to them mm-hmm. and what what their faith means to them. And uh, this last week we had a, a young couple who have two young kids. And I thought about it afterwards. It really touched me because I thought about it afterwards. And I know my mother specifically has a very strong faith because of, I've seen it. Mm-hmm. But I've never heard her testimony. Mm-hmm. And those two young young kids got to sit there and listen to their mom and dad talk. Mm-hmm. What a powerful thing that is at mm-hmm. that young age. Yeah, It's powerful for grandma and great-grandma and great-grandpa who were sitting there and listening to it where too. Where else but, would that happen but church? Right. Uh, church allows us uh, five. Church allows us to feel reverence. Mm-hmm. Church six. Church gives us opportunities to give back, mm-hmm. which is true. Uh, seven. Church helps us find the lesson in our trials. That's true. It gives us another perspective. Rough things happening, but we can see God in the midst of it. Church teaches us forgiveness. I don't know where else we hear about forgiveness, really. Mm-hmm. Church fills our hearts with song, and again, we get to sing together and worship to God. But I mean, singing in itself physically is good for a person. It's actually a, uh, it has physical effects that are positive. Worship in general yeah. um, is so beneficial because not only are we singing together, um, but whether it's a chorus or a hymn, Everything we sing should have a biblical background of some sort. And you know what? I would much rather have a hymn or a choral song of some sort stuck in my head than a commercial. Oh, 
than an, than a, an advertisement than you know. Yes. And I will say, I'm not oh. going to go out on a sunny day when the grass starts turning green, which hopefully it does soon when the snow melts, when the birds are singing and start singing a McDonald's jingle. Oh, I hope not. I want to have yes. him in the forefront of my mind. I want to have a song in the forefront of my mind. Yeah, those are so much better than it is so powerful in the world. Yeah, to have corporate worship, to have everybody singing along and agreeing. And you know what? On those days when people might not get along very well, when they're singing together, there is a unity that comes can mm-hmm. pull it back in. Worship's important. Here's now. This isn't uh, well. This is about marriage. Okay. Mm-hmm. According to tomorrowsworld.org. Attending church together, a married couple, weekly is a huge protection against divorce. And also, Christians who go to church on a regular basis are more likely to marry and less likely to to divorce than the general population. That's a quote from Brian Holler on the Institute for Family Studies website. I agree with all that. Oh, and then he goes on to say, Commitment to one's faith appears strongly correlated with commitment to one's spouse, and this is a relationship that shows no indication of changing anytime soon. So if going to church together is good for your marriage to keep you together, I'm sure it's good for your family, it's good for you personally. And it's going to be good for your children as they come in and see their parents united in mm-hmm. their faith. The children get the faith too. I think the other thing that church does, and I don't know if it's on your list or not. But no, that's really my whole list. Um, another thing that church brings that we don't see anywhere else in society is accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, and that for marriages is a very strong thing. Yeah. If something's going on in your marriage and you go to church and people can see that it's not right, it's, it's a safe place that you can bring yourself back together. You can, mm-hmm. you can pull back together. Biblically, it, uh, we are told all the ways that we, if someone's falling astray, how you fix things, how you mm-hmm. go through Asking for forgiveness. One of the blessings of Christianity that no other religion really has is the fact that we understand the concept of grace Mm. and receiving grace. Mm -hmm. When you understand the concept of receiving grace, when you truly understand it and it's part of who you are, you can then give grace. Mm -hmm. In this world, if you look at television, social media, anything else... Do you see anybody giving grace? No. Tolerance is not grace. No. Tolerance means I tolerate you. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean I love you. Doesn't mean that I am willing to forgive if something goes bad between the two of us. I need to forgive you the way I have been forgiven. Christianity is the only, only religion that does that. I will say, if someone hasn't really experienced being a part of a family of God, of a church family, and they come in to the church, but they keep themselves closed off because mm-hmm. they're used to the world where mm-hmm. you got to be, people attack you. I mean, there are nice people out in the world too, but I mean, we, we often through society, just dealing with people, we can put a shield up or whatever. Right. We have a shell around us. A shell around us. Yep. So when you, Come into the church, you have to be willing to let go of that shell. And I think it's a responsibility of active and healthy church members to go crack a shell. 
If someone new comes into your church, not only do you go up and introduce yourself, but get to know them. Yeah. You know, go out for coffee with somebody. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be the pastor. Anybody mm-hmm. in the church mm-hmm. can say, hey, let's, let's have coffee on Friday. Mm-hmm. I'll meet you down here at the gas station where they got a table and a coffee cup. You know, whatever it takes. But um, part of that family environment is drawing new people in. And to do that, everybody needs to participate. Yeah. So I've got a list of four things that I came up with that I want to talk about. If you are in a church, if you're a member of a church, if you're wanting to be a member of a church, if you're considering, if you're thinking about it, if you want to be part of a church family, if you want to have a healthy church, Mm -hmm. if if you are a pastor or someone, a leader in the church, you want to have a healthy church, I came up with four different things that make a church unique and also should be required of every person in the church. Oh, go for it. The first thing is you need to participate. Mm. You cannot be a spectator. Christianity is not a spectator sport. You'll hear Mm -hmm. me say that a lot. You have to participate in the church. Every one of us is given gifts. as, As members of a church, we are given gifts of some sort. And they're for the common good. They are for the common good, which means they are for the family of believers. So if they are for the common good and you're not sharing it, you're damaging your fellow believers mm. because you have something to share and you're good at it. It might, it can be anything from hospitality to teaching to preaching to to whatever it is, building. I don't care what it is, but you have Organizing. a gift. You have a gift, administration, something. There is a you have something that you can you can contribute. So you need to contribute. If not, you are a spectator. Mm-hmm. Number two, you need to be vulnerable. Yes. That's if a you scary come in one, with but a, you got It is be. a scary thing. But if you truly want to be a member of a family, you don't hide things. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes that's challenging. It's very challenging if, if there's something that, but, you know, something as simple as asking for prayer. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If you don't want to ask out in the open, Find one person mm-hmm. that you can trust. Jesus says, where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am. Mm-hmm. A church is a place where it should be safe to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, if you don't feel safe, either you need to find out why you're not safe or that church needs to fix something because you should feel safe to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. The third thing is a church is a place where you should seek comfort. Mm-hmm. If you have a problem. Not just vulnerability, but if you're hurting, this should be a place of healing. Mm -hmm. It should be a a place of fellowship. It should be a place of sharing. It should be a place where hugs are freely available. Name another thing in society where you can go to seek comfort for something. There is nothing else. You can go to all the psychologists and counselors Mm -hmm. and everybody else in the world that are paid to sit there and listen to you and give you advice, but that's not the same thing. I will say with that one, seek comfort. Sometimes you have, if you're the one hurting, sometimes you actually have to say, I'm hurting. Right. Because part of that vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, the other people in the church might see there's something wrong, but they don't, they're human too. They're, they don't know how to. And that's where I, like I said, you may not, 
stand up and announce it to your church, but you, you should you be able to find somebody. one person. Yeah. Maybe it's the pastor. Maybe it's not the pastor. Maybe it's mm-hmm. the pastor's wife. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's somebody else at church. It doesn't matter. But there is no other place constructed with the, with the, the definitive aspect of the church is that we build each other up and we support each other Mm -hmm. no matter what. There is no other structure outside of an actual physical nuclear family where that is, where that is the job of the church. Right. So that should be a place where you can freely seek and give comfort. Mm -hmm. And the fourth thing, of course, that is necessary. And this can be the hardest thing for a new member of the church. It can be the hardest thing for someone trying to find a church. Mm-hmm. You have to be available. You have to open yourself up and be available. Be someone who can listen. Be someone who can talk. Be someone who can come over and hammer a nail. Be someone who can visit somebody who's sick. Be someone who can make a salad for potluck. Be available. Because if you shut yourself off, from this one beautiful thing and there's nothing like it in the world, you are alone. Mm. And even if it's a family that shuts itself off, that family is then alone. And we know that Satan is the Lord of this world. We know Mm -hmm. what's happening to the world. We know what's going on in the world. And you're going to be constantly bombarded by negativity and evil thoughts and all those other things. And if you refuse to participate or be vulnerable or to be available in your church. You're shutting the church out and you're not really there anyway. And that kind of will lead to the, Oh, COVID, I guess I'll just sit at home. Mm -hmm. Oh, football starts early today. I guess I'll stay home. Mm -hmm. I'm busy today. I've got things to do. I grew up on a dairy farm, 365 days a year, seven days a week, twice a day we milk cows. Sundays we always milk cows before church, and we didn't miss church because we had to milk. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's anybody can, can say, that means maybe on Sundays you have to start earlier than usual and plan for it. And maybe after church you got to come home and finish up a few things that you couldn't quite get done, but making it a priority is there. But I think... The more and more and more we see the world going downhill. We have to be shining brighter. We have to be shining brighter. We have to be more alive. Yeah. We need to be more. The church itself needs to be more alive. And quite frankly, a lot of the churches that are dying out and are closing down, um, they didn't do any of these things. Yeah. They didn't allow young people to participate until Mm -hmm. it aged out. Mm-hmm. So everybody that was in the church was now dying mm-hmm. and you had no next generation because you never let that next generation in, never gave them committee assignments or boards or anything to do. We'll take care of this. Mm-hmm. Well, then it becomes your parents' church and you move away and you don't have anything to do with it and that church will close down. Mm-hmm. We are doing that to ourselves somewhat in our churches and, and as church leaders, we have to make sure that we encourage this participation and giving someone responsibility because if you have a responsibility, you have ownership. Mm-hmm. It's your church. I will say people will depend on me to do fill in the blank. Yeah. I read somewhere or somebody said some. I, I heard this. Okay. I don't know where mm-hmm. they said that 
Vegas, and I don't, this was before COVID, so if it's the same now, I don't know. But at that time, they said the biggest reason why somebody doesn't go to church is because they weren't invited. So I'm mm. urging people, sure, invite people to church. If you've got friends, invite them to church. I mean, church is a great thing. Don't, don't, all they can do is say no or I'm busy. Just keep inviting them. Eventually, they might say yes. Almost every church has a sign that tells you when the doors are open. Yeah. And if they don't have a sign, everybody knows because they know when people are there. Yeah. You go to our church, especially at this time of year, you'll see all the four-wheel drives packed there because between snow and mud, we don't go anywhere without a four-wheel drive. So you got a whole line of things. Everybody knows when those cars are there, that's because church is open. Mm -hmm. So they don't have an excuse not to go because they don't know when it is. Yeah. But unless they're invited, the door might be unlocked, but they don't know if it's open for them. Mm -hmm. we, have to, and we have to be bringing people into the family. We have to seek and actively bring people into the family of God. Because we got the best thing going. Yeah. So, anyway. All right, I want to end. Oh, he's um, got an ending. I have an ending. Okay. And this is a verse from Hebrews. Ooh, this is a good verse. And I just want to bring up Hebrews 10, 25. Mm-hmm. Not neglecting to meet together is, is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Ooh. Day being capital D. The day end of, of the world yeah. when it is all over. That is getting the near. The day will happen. It will happen. Maybe in my lifetime, maybe not. But I think we're getting closer and closer to it because... The, if you look in Revelations, it says that things get worse and worse and worse before Christ returns. That day is getting nearer, heartbeat by heartbeat. Yeah. And I think, I, I can't imagine someone not looking at the world today and saying, well, yeah, I could see how you could say that. Yeah. And as Christians, we should definitely be able to see the writing on the wall because we do have the end of the story. We have the end of the book. We can read Revelation and see it for ourselves. So as we know that that's happening, and that's the very last chance for any human being to be saved is before that day happens, mm -hmm. we have no excuse not to meet together. We have no excuse not to invite people to church. We have no excuse not to be actively engaged in the kingdom of God, which is drawing people in. Go forth and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. That is what we are called to do, and that's what a church's role is. But it's also, as an individual Christian, it is your role also. Mm -hmm. How do you worship sitting in a chair watching television? I don't think you do. You really can't. So we need to have the intimacy of church. It is necessary. I love the fact that people watch us on Facebook. I love the fact that we're reaching out to people that may not have a church. Some of the people watching may all also have a church and just want more and that's awesome but i would encourage anybody who's just watching or just listening to us tonight to also seek out a physical body of christ that you can be part of i recommend ours if you're close by if you're close by by all means we'd love to have you our door is open and our hearts are open and our arms are open mm -hmm. thanks for listening uh, god bless bye